0: Good morning it is good to be with you um to see the bits of you i'm allowed to see this is just a strange time that we're in we are in the book of job and what a great time to be in the book of job we will um i'm looking at the clock when i'll need to stop so this is going to be a rushed one today but that's all right it's a full afternoon there are uh, senior bets and things going on downstairs which are quite important and then of course the Celebration of Rudy Smith's life that follows. So we're going to change our pace a bit. Not just for this sermon, but actually for the book of Job. We're not adjusting to the times here, and we're not adjusting to people wanting to rush ahead or go slow. It's that the book changes. It changes dramatically after the events that we'll cover today. It is, um, it's pretty interesting, in fact, the way that it changes. And we'll talk about that as we go through. If you're struggling with depression... Uncertainty and fear and light. Job might be a hard place for you right now. Ecclesiastes might be a hard place for you. There are some Psalms I don't think you should be meditating on at this particular time. But those of you who really need the answers that God gives and how to become comfortable when He goes silent, this is a good book. This is an important book. Later on, by the way, uh, as uh, the, the breakup of the book, We've always had speech, counter, speech, counter. That's going to slide now. It's going to be speech, counter, long speech, little counter, long speech. And then God breaks in and changes everything. I want you to hear me when I say this. God breaking in doesn't fix everything. As far as we can see, it doesn't fix a lot except for Job's reputation, which is important to Job. When God comes swooping in, don't expect all your... Your, your uh, questions to be answered because that's not necessarily his top priority. His top priority is that we are loving and good and walk in the shadow of Jesus. But we'll get there. What kind of universe do we live in? I was talking to some new friends today. He said that if I hadn't gone neuroscience, I really wanted to go astronomy. Uh, I, I know there are six jobs on the planet in it but I love, I just love to, to look at the stars. Um, I love seeing the live stuff back from our, our, um, our shots to whether it's flying past Pluto or whether it's on Mars. I love that sort of thing. But when we ask about what kind of universe we live in, we're talking about what kind of moral universe is this? Is there a morality to the universe? Is it predictable? when you describe what is right and wrong about the universe you've fallen into a trap that adam and eve did remember we've talked about this every week now for about five weeks eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil we set ourselves up as gods able to determine what good and evil are i've had sermons i've heard sermons rather where the minister will say well of course There are probably lives elsewhere in God because, you know, and and Jesus went to those planets too, because there are just so many, it would seem such a waste. And I'm going, I'm not sure I'm able to determine what's a waste of space, since I'm not sure what kind of universe. Or they'll say, there are nobody else, we're the only ones, we're the only, and I'll still go, I'm not really sure we have that information, and I'm not even sure we need it. I've had people say, do you believe there's life on other planets? My response is, don't care. Uh, we can't get where they are. They can't get where we are. So let's just tidy up the place, shall we? I think we'll be all right. When you, when you describe the way things should happen among people, that moral universe, to use a lot of words like should, must, ought to, designed to, that sort of, you know, like there's a moral imperative on the universe to behave in a certain way not a really a weird question it's hard sometimes to look at our world and not go well that's just awful all of that stuff is over there that's awful well if it is awful what will be the response of god that's the question in job how does god respond to evil who's responsible for evil what should we do when we're caught by evil and we and we're guilty and what should we do when we're caught by evil and we're not and you see what i mean you're going to need a worldview. You're going to need to have a view of the universe to get through this plan. Now, Zophar comes in. Remember, one of our three main rules so far in Job is don't be Elihu, don't be Bildad, don't be Zophar. He comes in in chapter twenty in verses two and three, and he's offended by Job's questioning of God. Imagine being the kind of person who is offended by another person's pain. That. Just is atrocious," he said, making a judgment. See how easy that is done. That's easy done. Imagine being the kind of person that sees somebody crying and said, "That's completely unnecessary. There should be no sorrow. Stop that." I'm not sure that's terribly helpful. But then Zophar goes further and describes a beautiful universe in which everything makes sense. Everything has an orderly progression. Everything in the universe is geared up to design, to, uh, to punish the wicked and evil person and to bless the wonderful person. Well, let's see. Surely, this is Ophar, so surely you know, by the way, that's always an attempt to shut down argument. Whenever you say, anybody could see, surely you can tell. It is obvious to all right-thinking people, beware, throw a flag on the field. Surely you know how it's been of old, ever since mankind was placed on the earth. Interesting phrasing. Uh, From where? Anyway, that the mirth of the wicked is brief. The joy of the godless lasts but a moment. Though the pride of the godless person reaches to the heavens and his head touches the clouds, he'll perish forever. Like his own dung. Sorry, Zophar gets really worse too. Those who have seen him will say, where is, where is he? Like a dream, he flies away. No more to be found banished like a vision of the night. The eye that saw him will not see him again. His place will look on him no more. His children must make amends to the poor. His own hands must give back his wealth. Oh, good. But um, is that the universe you live in? where somebody is rich, powerful, and all the other, but it's only briefly, and they laugh, ha ha, oh, and then they're all gone away, and everything is set to rights. The poor people get their stuff back, and everybody's okay. Is that the universe we live in? I don't think so. According to Zophar's view, wicked people never prosper for long, and they're gonna have to hand back all the stuff to God or to other people, and he gets very graphic in this chapter. We're not going to read some of the things. Dung was one of the least um, icky words that he's going to use. He gets very uncomfortably bad here. Gory, even. And I, now some of you will start reading Job. In this universe, Zophar avers or posits, God will always take vengeance. And anybody who's gained their, their situation by greed or by evil will be struck down, just like Job. Do you understand? Whenever you talk about this way about a, the morality of the universe, and you're talking to a suffering person, you're saying you're just getting what you deserve because you're evil. He is going after Job because Job had a temerity to ask why this is happening. Job tw- uh, chapter 20, verses 20 to 25. In the midst of his plenty, still Zophar, looking at Job, distress will overtake him. The full force of misery will come upon him. When he's filled his belly, God will vent his burning anger against him and rain down his blows on him. Though he, he, by the way, Zophar doesn't get to do a whole lot of hospital visits. Though he flees from an iron weapon, a bronze-tipped arrow pierces him. He pulls it out of his back, the gleaming point out of his liver, terrors will come over him. I know you're thinking and I left out stuff? Yes. I did. It's unpleasant. And everything Zopher is saying is harmful, evil, wrong, and he's doing it because he believes that's what righteousness requires. Watch. That is such a trap. I've had people say, "I'm angry at you, but this is a this is a righteous anger." And I'm going, "Well, I'm glad you labeled it because couldn't tell from the way it looked. We, we, you have to be, sometimes we need to be very, back, you pull back a bit. Job, by the way, um, and by the way, that's why we're not going to read all of Zophar's speech. It's just awful. Job has an entirely different view of the universe. It might be that once upon a time, he would have even agreed with Zophar, but not now. Now, I want you to also let us all keep a bit of humility in there. Uh, I'll use a couple of examples. Uh, many people I've talked to, leaders in the churches, say if you go to any other church, not our name brand, but some other church, you're lost forever. And they changed their tune after their children grew up, went to other churches, stayed faithful. We've seen this. We've seen this. Or I've seen ministers that bragged about how they wouldn't let divorced people into their church or or baptize them until one of their kids got divorced. That's the way this works, right? I'm not making fun of them. I'm not saying that they are dishonest. What I'm saying is sometimes we aren't empathetic enough because we've not suffered what others have. And once we suffer what others have, if we are smart and kind people, we'll pay attention to that suffering, and it might, might need to then change our stance on things. So Job probably would have agreed with far at one time, but not now now he's just giving up on his friends Job 21 verses 2 and 3 listen carefully to my words by the way that's what they keep saying to him so he's, he's throwing it on back on him let this be the consolation you give me bear with me while I speak and after I've spoken mock on oh, okay guys you just have all the fun you want saying bad things about me but just let me have one chance to respond we see this on 24-7 news channels. We see it in our politicians. Nobody wants to answer the questions that's asked, and nobody wants to let anybody else finish a sentence. And how's that working out? Sometimes we just need to pull back and listen. Just let them speak. But Job's not talking to them anymore. So, um, Job is going to push hard against Zophar's fluffy bunny world. That's what I refer to it as. I've, I've used that expression for decades where people have this Zophar view of do good, get good. You know, put money in a bank uh, uh, for God and God will increase it. and do, Everything will work out great. Your teeth will be straight. The kids will go on and all be glorious. Really? Is that the kind of world we live in? Look at what Job has to say in Job 21. Why do the wicked live on so far? If this is your theory, why are they still here? growing old been a while increasing in power hmm they see their children established around them Uh, as you know big hunks of money come in they're not giving it away their offspring before their eyes their homes are safe and free from fear the rod of god is not on them they spend their years in prosperity go down to the grave in peace yet they say to god leave us alone we have no desire to know your ways um He's saying, so far the world you described does not exist. And I bet he could have used a whole bunch of other illustrations, just observational. If your theology doesn't work with what your eyes see, then we do need to work on your theology. It needs to be brought down to street level somehow. Evil often flourishes, passes it on to the kids. They flourish with evil and they pass it on with their kids. Job is not in denial. Job impresses me by, oh, by just being willing to see and say, wait a minute, these answers are not adequate. There's something wrong here. And now we ask for a measurement in this chapter. How can we measure the universe to see whether your view is correct or not? Um, in science, we devise ways to measure and quantify everything from feelings to nitrogen. And we call those tools instruments. And Job is calling for an instrument to measure the universe, but it's a metaphor, it's a Middle East way of saying, I want to see, is this fair, is this right, or is our theology wrong? You get this a lot in the book of Revelation, by the way, and that's where we're going next after Job, uh, because God's voice will break out, or an angel, or or the, the lamb, all of them get a chance of saying, measure that, measure the length of that wall, measure how straight this is, Let's, and it's all that same idea, let's check this out to make sure this is reality and real God and not something we just made up. Zophar and friends, it might be time to pull out your protractors and head for this one. Chapter 21, 17, 18. How often, oh I love this, it's a question, it's a quest for data. How often is the lamp of the wicked snuffed out? How often does calamity come upon them? Hmm, that fake God lots of in his anger how often are they like straw before the wind like straps swept away by a gale well what data you've got what data you'll collect that's important where'd you get the data sometimes we take data and we come to an opposite opposite of truth and reality there was a lady who um the first church we went to back when we came back from Scotland um and she she never hesitated to speak her mind actually I loved her dearly and that's why we were I was able to go back and forth with her some uh and I'd love to stay here and tell you stories about her but I got very very little time here so we're going to move quickly um I was going to do a marriage seminar since I was running a counseling clinic uh in that area i thought let's just do a free marriage seminar for the people in the community uh, here at the church everybody was quite excited or at least that's the feeling i got until she came up and she looked at me and she goes why are we having a marriage seminar and i said well people were struggling and she said well they should just you know believe the bible and just and, and act right <laughs> i went okay uh, that's a short book but we can write that help self-help book if you're interested." She went further. She said, My husband and I have been married, and I didn't pay attention to the number of years. It was like 180. And I'm sure that's what it felt like at times. And she, he said, we, She said, We never had a fight, never had a disagreement. We haven't had troubles. And I looked at her and I said, I called her by name. I said, Sister, you're taking that to assume that that means that you guys are really good at marriage. It also could mean. God knew you couldn't handle any troubles. It could be a sign of weakness, not strength. It took her a while, but we got on. We really did. By the way, sometimes she called me out and I should have been called out. So, you know, you're good to have friends that sharpen iron. But we cannot assume that because our life has been easy, blessed, and good, that that means we're better than, we made better choices than, we are stronger than, just not that's not the right collection of data here. Job 21, 23 through 26. Here you go. Once a person dies in full vigor, completely secure and at ease, well nourished in bones and body bones and rich with marrow. Another dies in bitterness of soul, never having enjoyed anything good. Side by side, they lie in the dust and worms cover them both. It's amazing. We don't use Job more for vacation Bible schools and (laughs) we nursery programs. It's gross, but it's absolutely accurate. How can we measure our universe and therefore measure each other? Job says you can't. Job 21 verse 22, please. Do we have that one up? Yeah, thanks. Can anyone teach knowledge to God since he judges even the highest? So just don't. He's saying, guys, just don't. (laughs) Just don't judge. Get away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Go over to the tree of life. And let God be the judge. Well, Eliphaz leaps in here and says some really, truly awful things in chapter 22. Um, he speaks as if God's so, so far above us, there's no way that our prayers, our acts of kindness, our righteousness, would ever be a benefit to God. He not need us. And then he goes on a long, extended journey frontal attack on job's character do you remember job 1 god in the council room said that job is great a great man who is righteous and good eliphaz speaking for god begs to disagree do you remember that phrase we keep bringing up out of job do not speak for god deceitfully be very careful eliphaz believes with all of his heart he has all of the weight of righteousness in his side, in his corner, and he's speaking, and he is outside the circle of God and grace. He's wrong. Just as wrong as Herod, when Herod killed, or had killed, John the Baptist. Jesus said there was never a greater man born of woman than John the Baptist. Herod disagreed. Which one are you going to pick now as, uh, to have the correct opinion? I would say Jesus did, but John still died. And see, that doesn't work in Zophar and Eliphaz's universe. No, if you're good, you have to be blessed. Well, Eliphaz has a different bizarre take. Just a really clip, short clip here. Is not your wickedness great? Are not your sins endless? By the way, helpful if that we could then list a few. They never do. You demanded security from your relatives for no reason. You stripped people of their clothing, leaving them naked. You get, by the way, this is completely wrong. We know that because earlier he, they were talking about, well, you've been a righteous guy all the time. We, you gave no water to the weary. You withheld food from the hungry. Though you were a powerful man, owning land, an honored man, living on it. And you sent widows away, empty-handed, and broke the strength of the fatherless. You see why we're not reading the whole thing there? Because in Eliphaz's universe, that's the only explanation for what's going on. So you had to do it. Even though we never saw it, we never witnessed it, nobody's ever brought it up, we ha- you just had to have. Don't let your theology turn you into a hate a filled judger. Well, Eliphaz ends once again by saying, just repent and everything will be great. But why are they so angry at Job? Because Job's misery is upsetting their theology. Therefore, he must be isolated and destroyed. Because the the peace of the community cannot survive the questions. Job is going to start speaking here for the next several chapters, by the way. Contemplating who he is and who God is, please read them. All the way up through to um, at least chapter 30. One short interruption arrives, but then Job goes on until chapter 30. When we have a brand new player enter the field to blast Job. But if we could start the team coming back up, please. Last scripture today, Job 23. But if I go to the east, this is Job talking about God. He is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. He stands alone. Who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. He carries out decree against me. And many such plans he still has in store. You guys are? Am I blocking anybody? We're good? Thank you. This is why I'm terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I'm not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. I love Job. You excuse me when I say this, but him saying to God, I don't get this but I'm not shutting up, I love that. I love that, because that's what God wants. Let's go for it, guys. Let's discuss this. Let's wrestle it. It reminds me of one of my other favorite lines in Scripture, whenever God and Jacob are wrestling by the river Jebbek, and God says, let me go, and Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I love that phrase. Would you please stand? What kind of universe is it? It's a universe full of mystery, surprise, disappointment, joy, pain, life. It is all of those things. But we are not created to understand all of the rights and wrongs. We are created, created to love each other as long as we're in this universe. How hard can it be? It's pretty hard. But God is here. And he came in the person of Jesus to prove He sees us. He cares. And he's got you. Whatever universe it is, the only way to survive it is through love and faith. So let's do that.